Hey, hey! This is Sasha Show, and you're listening to Dear Seekers, a podcast where I travel to an intriguing woman's home and sit down to have an honest conversation around being a work in progress. In case you're wondering what has happened to the podcast, what has happened to me, what I haven't dropped an episode for a while, or updated anything on social media, well, here we go. My husband and I are expecting a baby. I know, I know, this is super exciting.、Uh, but to be honest, though, the first few months was actually quite rough. The morning sickness was so real, and guess what? They didn't tell you. It doesn't just happen in the morning. It could come and haunt me during any time of the day or even at night. I don't know seriously why they call it morning sickness. It should be all day sickness. I was extremely exhausted all the time, and mentally was just going through a very strange time. I did feel the guilt, the unease, and the urge to loop you in, but I also realized that I needed to give myself some time and space to take in this new chapter. And just be gentle with my body. So I listen to my body and my mind. I let dear seekers sit for a while. I needed to just nest, you know, let let my body to do whatever it needs to do to bake this baby. Anyway,、um, I'd like to thank you all who have stayed close and who have been patiently waiting for another episode to drop. I'm really grateful for each one of you. All right. Enough personal updates. Let's dive right in into today's episode, the first episode of 2020. Oh my god, I can't believe it's already March of this year. Today, my conversation is with Zai Rajakawala. She's the owner of two beloved shops in Toronto, Easy Tiger and Ease. They're both located on Dundas West, across the street from each other, but each holds a quite different personality. Easy Tiger is more like a general and concept store that Zai started almost eight years ago, and Ease, according to her, on the other hand, is more like a chic and sophisticated older sister, which totally makes sense if you have visited her shops. During our conversation, Zai shares how she's managing two different stores, why she's doing what she does, what other challenges she's facing, and we also talk about sadness. You know, it's actually quite interesting topic, and why it's crucial to give space to all of our feelings, not just happy ones. Hope you will enjoy this episode. I really appreciate it if you could leave us a review on Apple Podcast and share with all your friends. <laughs> all right, let's go. Welcome to Dear Secrets Podcast. I know we've been trying to make this happen for, for sure. A while. I'm really excited that we finally got to do this. I know. So I hope you, because you, you're feeling sick. So so I hope you're feeling better later with some tea、definitely. and everything. Yeah, this tea is definitely helping. <laughs> yeah.、Um, okay. So I guess I want to kind of dive right back into your childhood. Sure. The little Zai. Yeah. And then, so tell me <laughs> what are the kind of like memories popping into your head right now? They're the best times of your childhood and some difficult times. Um. Well, I I moved around a lot as a child.、Um, so I was born in Africa, and every couple of years we would move to a different country. So a lot of times, and they're not English speaking countries. So it was amazing to like be immersed in so many different cultures and like be really adaptable in that way as well. It was also hard as a child moving around as much as I did. Like I think I went to. 
three different high schools in four years in four different countries. It's like ninth grade was Hong Kong, 10th grade was Saudi Arabia, and then 11th and 12th grade was Indonesia. So it was like different cultures, you know, like leaving my friends behind. So that was kind of difficult for me, but it was also amazing to like live in all those places. So moving around a lot, how has that experience shaped who you are today? Um, I think I'm just like very curious about things. Um, I'm really observant. I love to travel. I love exploring new places. Um, I think it's just like it's become such a part of me and the way that I live my life. Like traveling's like my biggest motivation to do anything. <laughs> right. So do you feel like if you don't travel for a while, you can get stagnant and Definitely. Then you have to move around? Yeah, again. I find so much inspiration through traveling. Where did you go most recently? Um, I went to Paris and London a couple weeks ago. Um, for the, the buying trip. Yes, and it was so, so inspiring. It was so amazing. It's just so beautiful there. It's just nice to look around and see all these old buildings and architecture. Know, and right, it's just right. The access yeah. to history and art is Definitely. something we don't have here, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, so tell me more about your childhood then. You no, know, mm. Was there any difficult times there, kind of now looking back? Obviously, I mean, just like, I guess culturally not feeling like I really fit anywhere where I lived, Mm -hmm. Um, like not speaking the language, like I would learn the languages when I was there. But how many languages do you speak? I don't. Oh, my gosh. I speak two now. And the second one's pretty bad. Like my Urdu is not great. (laughs) Um, But when I was a kid, I was speaking six languages. Oh, wow. So I lived in the Philippines for seven years from when I was seven until 11, I think, or maybe four. No, like four or five until 11. And I spoke fluent Tagalog. Um, and yeah, I had like a Filipino accent. <laughs> really? So I was like the brown kid with a Filipino accent. It was kind of confusing. <laughs> That's so uh, funny. Yeah. But yeah. It's um, like sometimes I see some, um, Chinese friends who yeah. have like a British accent. For sure. And you're just like, mm, okay, I yeah. can accept it, but obviously, but it's like it's still kind of a little bit strange for me, a little bit foreign. Definitely. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. There's so many Chinese people in Pakistan actually that speak Urdu like better than oh, me. Really? And I'm always really? like, whoa, like it's just like, <laughs> like who are you? Yeah. It's because yeah. you don't expect like, for sure. Like Urdu, you know? To yeah, 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 yeah. We definitely have like custom kind of like uh, image or perception of like when we see a person. What they're going to sound like. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly. A lot of people even say like, oh, wow, you actually don't sound what you look like. Yeah. So interesting. that's interesting kind of we made that um, pre-assumption or that For sure. our own kind of story becoming our mind, uh, who this person is going to sound like. Definitely. And I sound like a child. So <laughs> sometimes I'll be, uh, sometimes like Rogers or something will give me a call and they're like, put your dad on the phone. I'm like, <laughs> I'm 35 years old. I own two businesses. I'm like, I'm not putting my dad on the phone. Who's Roger? <laughs> like Rogers. Like, oh. you know, like, like Rogers, like, like the internet company calls me and they're like, put right, your dad right. on the phone. I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Um, so speaking of your childhood and everything, yes. I do want to talk about your mother. Okay. I can totally see she has played such an important role oh, in your life, raising yeah. you and, you know, making who you are today. Totally. That's no doubt. So tell me about her and tell me about oh your gosh. relationship she's with her. She's an angel. Um, I don't think I've met like a kinder woman. Um, she's just like, or like a mom, you know, like she's just very nurturing and really sweet and really gentle. And she's like very like thoughtful and cares a lot about other people. Like, she can't lie <laughs> at all. Um, It'd be all over her face. It's all over her face. Like, yeah, she's just, like, a really good person. And I really look up to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm not sure if that's okay to share that the tattoo you actually yeah. have her face in, and now it's behind your heart on your back. Totally, yeah. So I got a tattoo of my mom's face on my back, and she hates tattoos, but she loves herself a lot. So <laughs> she really loves the fact that her face is on me. Right, right. And it's a really abstract um, tattoo, but I think it's really beautiful. Why now? Why why now all of a sudden you wanted to have her face on your back? I just think that like for me, like tattoos are very much like owning my body and marking my body in the way that I feel 
I want to express myself. Mm. Um, and you know, I, we kind of had a couple of hard years as a family. Um, some like sad things happened and I just kind of wanted to like give love to the people who deserve it on my body. (laughs) So you have a a brother, right? I have a brother. Yes. I have a tattoo for my brother on my arm too. So that's his birth year. And he loves like hair metal, like kind of like eighties metal music. So I got Mm. this kind of like done to look like like the Scorpions logo. You know right, what I mean? Right, like right. very like metal yeah, That looks really yeah. nice. <laughs> so how many siblings do you have? I just have a brother. Yeah. Um, Growing up with the brother, older mm-hmm. brother? Younger brother. He's younger? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's two years younger than me. He's my baby brother, but he acts like he's so much older than me. <laughs> <laughs> so how is it like to have a younger brother? It was cute. Yeah, we were really, really close growing up. Um, We like shared a bedroom until we were like 12 years old. Mm. Like I would have to, he wouldn't let me move out of my bedroom with him so I would wait until he fall, fell asleep and then I would like creep out into like my actual room <laughs> and so I had like my own room but he didn't know that I had to like wait until he fell asleep <laughs> that's so cute <laughs> yeah we're really close and um, we're just complete opposites though yeah I think that's kind of like how siblings work sometimes Definitely. right they could be totally almost like mimicking each other exactly the same mm-hmm. or just t- complete opposite for sure i never had a um well i have a um, half sister okay and she's like so much younger than me yeah. i only met her three times oh wild <laughs> so i wouldn't say i feel like i have a sibling yeah. i have growing up as an only child so i don't know the relationship like having a sibling mm-hmm. um that's why the question i always pop yeah. into my head when someone half a brother or sister for sure what a kind of relationship is like definitely yeah yeah we really look out for each other which is nice but we're not people that need to be in constant communication you know Mm. so i know that he's always there for me he knows i love him we like see each other we play video games together a lot oh really (laughs) yeah i go to his house (laughs) yeah the pinball game no like real games That wasn't real? No. Did you see my Nintendo in the other room? No, I didn't. Wow, now you have to show me after after <laughs> the recording. Um, um, because uh, you talk about you're, you're very different than mm-hmm, your brother. Mm-hmm. So when did that fashion and clothing start well, think, playing a different kind of surfacing and interesting you? Like, I always, I always loved things. <laughs> I loved buying things. I loved, like, going to markets and bazaars. And, like, even when I was young, like, I remember, like, like when I lived in Africa, there was the Maasai tribe that we would go and visit with a lot. And they made like beaded bracelets. And I just remember like loving like the art, like, and it was like very artisanally made too. Like it was very like locally made and like handcrafted. And I really loved like watching people like make things with their hands. I was always very curious about that. And then I moved to Hong Kong when I was 11 and the night markets there just like blew my mind. I just thought it was like so, so inspiring. And the street like, food as well. The street food and the yeah. clothing. And like I just started dressing really weird. <laughs> my hair got shorter and shorter and my platforms got higher and higher. <laughs> I know those platforms. Yeah. yeah. And like I'd wear like, yeah, like, um, what are they like anime t-shirts? I don't know. I just, yeah. Um, really started experimenting a lot in Hong Kong. But then my mom and I would always go to bazaars together. Like in the Philippines, there used to be like a bunch of markets and like like flea markets yeah I was always interested in like even just looking at things so Mm. I love what I'm doing now because I actually would be doing it anyway but now I'm doing it for a living do you know so it's perfect for me (laughs) is there anybody in your family that also has some sort of a fashion influence um I have to make all everyone's fashion decisions about everything so I have to help like so my aunt my aunt lives in London and she's redecorating her house and I get like 
so many message, messages from her a day about what she should buy. And I was in London for like four or five days um, after Paris. Right. And we were we went to Ikea. We went to like three furniture stores. And I was like, I'm here for like three days and I'm at Ikea right now. Like, this is so <laughs> annoying. But yeah. yeah. I know. It's so funny. I Sometimes when you're in a different city, you yeah. obviously try to find something that is in your city doesn't yeah. exist, right? Yeah. So in Ikea, in Paris, obviously yeah. like a little bit waste of time. For sure. But <laughs> we had to do it. We had errands to run. We had to buy a rug for my cousin, you know? Like, I was just like... Very important Yeah, task. very important. But it's like, I yeah. buy my grandmother her bed sheets. I buy my mom her eyeglasses. Like, no one buys anything without me. <laughs> right. So you're kind of like this fashion stylist whatever yeah, in your home totally is there a specific item that in your closet or growing up kind of like really mm. important to you because to me um i love hats okay. i'm not that kind of person have to wear hats all the time yeah. but whenever i find a hat that it's kind of speak to me yeah i almost feel like i put on a different persona personality oh, cool. yeah it t- I, I make up the story of this person and then it's a really fun exercise for me to do yeah and be more playful and bring that like inner child coming out for sure so is there anything in i've just always been a bit of a collector so it's not so much about having one thing that i really love i just love having something that reminds me of something like the kind of like the memory an object holds I think is really important I'm really sensitive and I'm very like um sentimental yeah very sentimental oh my gosh um my friend Shannon helped me clean out my closet um a couple of weeks ago like we went through everything that I owned I donated like six big bags of clothing I'd be like what about this shirt my friend like Shar painted a pizza on it and she's like Zai pizzas are for eating not for wearing <laughs> and I was like ah. but then like I was like this is the first jumpsuit I ever bought like there's like so much attachment I have to things which is something that I'm working on as well because things shouldn't hold as much <laughs> meaning as they as in me to me um but every time i travel it's like i need to buy something from there that reminds me of my trip yeah i like to like physically have something to hold yeah to remind me about things i can totally resonate mm-hmm. is there something that you're collecting right now collecting a lot of f- fruit fake fruit <laughs> fake fruit it's becoming a problem they're not I here they're at the anything. shop so oh. at ease i have my marble fruits and then at easy tiger I have my glass fruits and it's getting like really bad. Like, so every time I go antiquing with friends, I'm like, I can't buy any more vases and I can't buy any more fake fruit. And then I'll like walk out of an antique shop with like a vase and a fake fruit. And I'm like, ah, the two things that I said I wasn't going to buy. Um, <laughs> I know. It's so d- ridiculous. I recently I started realizing my ob- obsession with dolls. Yeah. So I got, I have two dolls right now and then I kind of trying to stop myself from collecting more. Mm-hmm. But I think that sentimental um stamp on any objects is yeah. still very important. I, I yeah. maybe not to extend that become a hoarder or something. <laughs> For sure. I'm I'm pretty much a hoarder. And because I have two other spaces I can put things in, like I have so much stuff. Like this is just the things in my house. Like all of my vases are at the shops. But like, everything is seems like at its own place right now. Yeah, for sure. I just, I have a lot of things. <clears throat> yeah, it doesn't feel like they are, you know, out of place or super no. crowded. I mean, I'm very thoughtful about what I buy. So everything's here for a reason, mm. you know? And it's like, I know who's made the things that are here. I know the story behind it. And that means a lot to me as well. It's not just buying something. It's like mm. knowing the, the story behind it. Um, and as much information as I can get, really. Yeah. Um, but like with the fake fruit, like I just love the weight of it in my hands. Like I love just like I'm a very tactile person as well. And I just like when you come to ease sometime, I'll make you hold an apple that's like going to blow your mind. Really? It just like feels so good. And there's a really cute banana, too. <laughs> 
you should have an exhibition or something of your collection of all my fruit yeah yeah because yeah, there's so many different kinds of fake fruit that you can buy you can get like kind of like foggy glass ones yeah like, and then yes. really like the ones at easy tiger are more fun they're like really bright and colorful yeah and like shiny like yeah. they look glossy like they, they look like you've like it's like nail polish oh really like you want to like eat it it's like you know, like, it's just, like, so, so real. So real. Yeah. But also, like, it looks like, like, the best fruit ever. Mm. And then the ones at Easy Tiger are more, like, marbled and heavier. They're, like, stone. What were you collecting before this one? Um, I didn't even start collecting fruit. I just... Just start thinking, oh, I like this one, this one. And then yeah, just, and then I was like, I have a lot of yeah. fruit. <laughs> and I keep buying them. I just keep finding them. You know, yeah. things sometimes just, like, find you. I don't know. Um, oh, my God. <sighs> That actually is something I truly believe in. Yeah. I feel like a lot of like and when I do a lot of antiquing or mm-hmm. vintage shopping, yeah. I don't feel like I'm finding something. I feel like the thing is actually trying to find me. Yeah, totally. Yeah, like and even with oh, hats that's really as well. Sweet. I love that. <laughs> yeah, like I I totally believe that. Um so speaking of like stories like have to behind objects or clothing, mm-hmm. that kind of a great segue into the stores. Sure. Yes. So definitely. tell me about Easy Tigers. How the name came about and uh <laughs> you know, because the name is yeah. pretty unique and yeah. uh the beginning of the story. Okay, well Easy Tiger is um almost seven years old, which is so wild. I know. Um she's like almost a teenager, <laughs> not yet, but um, so yeah, she's seven years old. Um, she started from a really sentimental place in my heart, I think. Um, I really love the idea of gift giving. Um, I love making people feel good by like little, um, what do you call it? Like a token of like appreciation. Mm. So yeah, so Easy Tiger started because I just, I love making people feel good. And I, um, I love how thoughtful people are when they come into the shop because it's like they want to make other people feel good by mm. what they're buying for them. Everything's made by like a real person and, and how did it start? I had a shop before Easy Tiger with two really? partners. Oh, I didn't know um, that. So I had a shop called Lost and Found. It's on Osington now. It's a menswear store. Right. Um, and that was an amazing opportunity for me because I was really young when I opened it. And I really learned yeah. what I liked about retail, what I didn't like about retail, what my taste was. Like I kind of like didn't really know what my aesthetic was when I went into it. And that really taught me who I was and where I was in the world. And I, sometimes I didn't really feel when I was younger that I had a place in fashion because I kind of always thought – more slower fashion, more like mindful fashion. Like it was like about buying less but better. And I felt like I didn't really know how I was going to fit in. And then these brands started doing things that were a lot more independent and more like mindful and conscious. And it really made me feel like I found my people, you know? And when I opened up Easy Tiger, I just really loved objects a lot and how they can like affect you. Like if you're like sad one day, you can buy something like make you feel better (laughs) or like, you know, like if you've just moved, like it's just like, it's so nice to like, a home good or an object or a design good can just like really elevate an experience. And I think that anyone who likes things that are well made or well designed, like will appreciate the things mm-hmm. that are an easy tiger. There's a reason why everything's in the shop. I'm very picky about what, what's there. Yeah. It's just like, it's just very thoughtful. Like everyone's so nice that I work with too. Like I just love like supporting brands who are kind and who love what they do and have a community that they're in. Yeah. And they're going to tie back to the, qualities that you talk about your mom the compassion the supportive sure. um, qualities uh, she has Maybe yeah I can see that kind of like shine through you totally for sure and I just yeah and there's like so much story behind it but behind the things in the shop because of the process of how it's made and who made it and why they made it and what inspired them and there's so much there's a story behind everything and I love when you buy something you're supporting 
a local maker, but you're also like supporting the story that they've created. Mm. And it's like a nice dialogue. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Mm -hmm. So when you started, um, how many items did you have? It was bare bones in there. There wasn't very much. Because now it's pretty crowded. Like You go in and you have like so many things happening. Yeah, well, I mean, Easy Tiger took a lot of time in there. Easy Tiger took a life of its own. Like, I didn't really know what it was going to be, really. I just thought that it was going to be kind of like a general store kind of gift shop. I just felt like there was no place in my neighborhood to buy like a greeting card or like housewarming gift. Like there was no nowhere around here to do that. So I thought that I would try opening something. And and then it's like, I'm like, oh, I need to um, bring in well-made cleaning products. I need to bring in like, it just became like a very weird selection of things. Like it was getting like really strange in there. It'd be like, um, like a natural like detergent next to like a ring next to like a ceramic cup. Like it was just like very, it was getting very confusing. Um, but I really loved it. And, I, and it's also changing shape with trends and like the time. Like right now I'm kind of redeveloping Easy Tiger a little bit and giving it a bit of a, fa- not facelift. It's always lovely, but um, Easy Tiger is going to the teenager years. Exactly. Definitely there's some involvement. Definitely. And it needs to happen. For sure. Yeah. So yeah. It's, I'm growing and so Easy Tiger is growing as well and evolving and it's becoming more of like a design shop, I think, like more of an object store than a general store. I just think that like, even in the neighborhood, there's lots of places now to get like nice chocolate, you know, so it's like, I'm not doing as much food anymore in the shop, because you can get them in other places that specialize in them more. Right. You know, I've got skincare, but I want to stick to like one or two lines of skincare instead of like a whole range. For me, I just like, I think that like objects are so unique, you mm-hmm. know, and it's just like, it's hard to find a place that has like a nice selection of like well made designed like, yeah, objects. Oh and then it's kind of interesting to tie back to what we talk about. The objects, sometimes mm-hmm. I feel like they find their people as well. Definitely. So maybe, I don't know, if you witness, you have some buying something. I cry all the time. Really? Easy Tiger. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, oh, like these two, these two guys came in the other day and they were like, maybe in their like late 30s. And yeah. they're like, let's get mom something really good for Christmas this year. And I was just like bawling. Like, I'm just like so sentimental. My heart like explodes when I see, yeah, like every time I order cards for the shop, I cry because like the cards are just like so sweet and like like sentimental, and I'm just like, uh, uh, I'll get twelve of them, and I'm like crying. <laughs> you know, like Easy Tiger definitely it's its own kind of like story, right? Yeah, and it also doesn't take itself very seriously. That's why I mm. named it Easy Tiger as well because it was like I wanted kind of like a strong name. I wanted something that was like masculine and feminine. I wanted something that was kind of quirky and fun. And I thought, like, I don't take myself very seriously. Uh, I wanted a space that made people feel very welcome. Like, I want people to spend hours at Easy Tiger just, like, looking at everything and asking Mm -hmm. me questions about where things come from. And I want to tell them the stories behind everything that's in there. And it's just, like, yeah, I just really wanted it to be, like, a safe, happy, warm space. Right. Yeah. And then I guess my next question Mm -hmm. is how having one one shot Mm -hmm. itself is already taking so much tool on you, right? How you're a buyer, you have to be in the store, you have to do everything and anything. Yeah. But now, five years later, you Mm -hmm. decided to open another shop Mm -hmm. across the street. Yeah. So tell me about the, I'm I'm sure that question came to you very, very, very often. (laughs) Why open another one? I know. I think I just like, I feel like I always like to challenge myself and not that Easy Tiger was becoming stagnant, it wasn't, but it was becoming very, um, like Easy Tiger was doing really well and like people loved it a lot. And I just wanted to get back into clothing a little bit. I wanted to try to get into customers' minds in terms of clothing and footwear and jewelry more than I could at Easy Tiger. I thought the space was becoming too small for me to do everything I wanted to do in there. I did have shoes at Easy Tiger. I had some clothing lines at Easy Tiger and then it just like stopped making sense. Cause it's like I have like a building block purse next to cleaning supplies and it just like wasn't it wasn't working anymore and so and I just kind of like 
grew out of the space. Mm -hmm. And so. But why didn't you, um, another move? option could be actually close Easy Tiger and then turn yeah. into a totally different new concept. Definitely. Instead, you kept it and then you yeah. opened something new. And I gave Easy Tiger like a different personality too mm. when I opened up Ease because I wanted them to be very different in terms of aesthetic and in terms of the kind of goods I carried. They still had the same philosophy and the same like thoughtfulness behind everything. And I want everything to be like independently made. But I did want Easy Tiger to be kind of like whimsical and fun and like mm -hmm. kooky. And then I wanted Ease to be like kind of like her more serious older sister who's very like chic and like <laughs> simple and elegant, you know? Right. I can definitely see that. Yeah. Like it's more like earthier, like like the shapes are just a bit more like rounded at ease mm, you yeah, know yeah whereas like there's spiky at easy tiger and the color palette it's a little bit softer definitely a little bit more pastel -y yeah and then a little bit it's a little more feminine and i think yeah. i just like i challenge myself a lot because sometimes i don't think that i'm them like not feminine enough but i feel like it, it was like as i said it was kind of hard for me to find my place in fashion because i didn't really know where i fit in or who liked the same kind of things that i liked um But then it's like now when I go to the Echo Park Craft Fair in LA, it's like all of the makers that I work with are there and everyone's just like, we, like, it's such a community, you know? And it's like we all like, like Lana Cohen's there, like selling her jumpsuits that she makes herself. And like that person to person kind of connection is so strong. And that's what I love so much. Like I love people so much. I love making people feel good. I love, yeah, like just getting to know people. And so mm -hmm. like I, I know everyone who makes the clothes that I sell at my shop. Yeah. Like I've met them and like, And they're really nice people, you know? Yeah. And so it's like, I want to support people like that. I feel like you have to be kind of careful about where you're spending your money or who you're supporting by spending money. Like nothing's free. <laughs> and yeah. um, like we work hard for our money. So we want, I want to give it to people who I think deserve it. And like vote with your money, with your dollars. Exactly. Sure. Yeah. Um, I asked this question when we were doing a photo shoot. Yeah. And your answer was, you know, no, you know, I'm, not, I'm not managing it well. Yeah. But I still wonder how, because I would go to Ease and then you were there. And I yeah. would sometimes I'd go to Easy Tiger and you yeah. were there. Yeah. So like on the same day, <laughs> I'm like running across the street like a crazy person all the time. Like I actually like, I want to build like an underground tunnel just so I could like get from one place to the other. And sometimes people are like, we just saw you across this. <laughs> yeah. How did you just get here? Yeah. I'm really fast. I jaywalk like nobody's business. Um, <laughs> so how are you managing the store? like no joke it aside. is a bit hard um like i it's hard to be in two places at once it's hard to kind of like switch your brain from one shop to the next because as um, you say they, they do have different personalities a they little do bit. yeah and um like when i first opened up ease i kind of thought easy tiger was becoming like my neglected child i'm funding both of the shops myself and so i don't have money to fully stock both shops all the time as stocked as they can be so it's like when ease is making a bit of money i can buy more things for easy tiger it's just like it's such like a it's fluid delicate yeah it's a very and it's also very like yeah it's fluid for sure and it's very delicate <laughs> and like i kind of have to be a bit strategic about where i'm spending my money and how i'm spending my money and that's a very big challenge for me just mm -hmm. financially keeping both shops afloat yeah for um, sure but and how do you Like kind of wear different hats because you're in a shop or you customer service. You you do yeah. customer service. I and then love you people buying, yeah. which is good. You like if you love people, yeah. and but then now you have to go back to the the room and then you know start planning the business plan for the next season or yeah. something like that. And you have to wear that like businesswoman kind of hat for sure. So do you I have, have a really good team? Luckily, mm. um, I. I don't know, I've always worked with really incredible women. I'm so lucky. Um, and Shannon, my assistant buyer, is phenomenal. And so she communicates with all of my vendors and buyers. So we put orders in together and then she puts them through and then does all the rest of that. So I don't have to, to have that communication because I have like seven email Millions addresses that yeah. come into my one email address. And 
we not only have two shops, we also have two websites. And like taking photos for the website, it's all like our own photos. So it's, I feel like I have four shops <laughs> almost. For sure. Um, yeah, because we, ha- we do really work hard on the website. We, like we do well online. And so we can't ignore that either. I do find it hard to be able to do everything. Like we don't have, a, I've never sent a newsletter out. You know, yeah. I like don't um, have a mailing list. Like there's so many things I just like can't get to. Because it's just like, there's so many things to do. Yeah. And then you just have to pick that, the prioritized things and the big sure. what to conquer, I guess. Yes. But I do want to be able to be better at communicating with my my customers. Um, yeah, I feel like my interaction could be stronger. And so that's what I'm kind of going to be focusing on. Right. Yeah. But it is difficult because now mm-hmm. you, you have the shop in person, you already have that communication one-on-one. Yeah. And then the whole digital is a different game, right? Yes, definitely. So it's kind of like have so many brains function at exactly the same time. Yeah. Sometimes it's difficult. Definitely. What's your method or process? Like, do you like split time? Say this two hours um, I, I blocked for this or like, how do you do it? So I like to work one shift at each shop a week at least. Um, It's hard for me too because the shops aren't huge and I have amazing women that work for me who want shifts and so I kind of like there was a point where I was like I don't I haven't worked in like months like I like gave all my shifts away basically and it's like too small of a space for like a bunch of us to be in there we'd be like sitting on top of each other almost you know I like my girls to be very like self-motivated and like I'm not like a yeah and you want to give them ownership as well a hundred percent yeah it's their space like they can do whatever they want in it and like just as like i'm like you can't do anything wrong in here like everything you do is get a better the space i don't micromanage at all so i feel like if i'm there too it's a little awkward Mm. and also like i'm so distracting because i'm so chatty i think they get less work done when i'm there because i'm just like (laughs) so like i feel like i just need to like get out of people's hair sometimes um but i do like but then when i realized that i wasn't working at the shops anymore I was kind of like losing touch with like reorders and what customers were looking for and like special orders like I just like I wasn't in the loop anymore and I felt like I was like losing that sense of like control not mm-hmm. control but like just like n- the know-how like yeah. I just like didn't really know what was in happening in my shop things, yeah, yeah. Um, like we don't have any garbage bags you know like I just like little things like that I was like I don't yeah. know like so I work one day at Easy Tiger and one day at Ease in the store mm. I do work on my computer at a coffee shop nearby so I can come into the shop or I can go and be quiet. Because sometimes like when I'm at the shops, people come and like hang out with me, which I love so much. But then it's like I never get my work done. <laughs> so sometimes I just need to come remove myself entirely from the shops. Because when I'm there, people want to talk to me and I want to talk to them. And, yeah. you know, like no work and is done. And then the day's over and then he's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, all my taxes so much to do. <laughs> so how do you find time for yourself then? I do a lot of yoga. A lot of yoga. Like every day you do yoga? Um, I used to because there was an amazing yoga studio right next to the shops, which was so convenient. Yeah. And like, it was just like, it was like, it saved my life. It was so close that I could just escape for an hour and just do me, like focus on my breathing and just chill out. And like, there was like hit classes and stuff too. So there was like, you could take out your like aggression and your frustration and your stress too. So it was like a very, I need to move to counteract the stress I feel from the mm. shops. I probably go to yoga like five or six times a week. And I love it. Like, it's just like, it's my time for myself. And it just really calms me down. But again, like, I don't take myself super seriously. So I don't really let the shops affect me that mm. much. Because it's like, at the end of the day, I'm just selling things, you know? And Is that what you tell you when you're going through a bad day or something like that? Yeah, it's like, what's the worst? Like, I'm like, I'm not saving lives. Like, I I mean, I wish my job was a bit more important than it is. No, it's like very important. Um, But it's, yeah, it's just like, I'm selling really nice things to people. And that's it. You know, Mm -hmm. like, people are like, oh, don't you get stressed about this or that? Or like, buys. And I'm like, no, like, it's actually like not 
money's stressful. Money's Always. the biggest stress. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if I had endless amounts of money, <laughs> life would be a little bit better. Oh my gosh, I just like started thinking about that. I, I manage, I manage it pretty well. I have really amazing women that work for me. I really do. Like mm-hmm. they take on so much, like more than me, <laughs> even. Um, yeah, because it's like, I feel like I have like a lot of ideas. So I always, I'm always thinking about things. Like I can't really like shut my brain off. And I'm always thinking about like the next like brand I want to bring in or like, oh, yes. or I'm like, you know, I'm trying to find like really nice like incense right now. And I'm like researching that. And I just like, I'm always like researching and looking and thinking that it's nice for people to be doing the practical stuff, you know, mm. because yeah, so I can yeah. then concentrate on making the shops yeah unique. And so when you're having all this idea flowing in your head, mm-hmm. like how yeah. do you kind of ground yourself from all these ideas coming to your head that's a question um, for myself because i have yeah. so many ideas keep coming yeah i'm just like oh just go away it's Not frustrating right now. sometimes because you want to be able to do everything but mm. you can't like yeah. um and so i think it's like prioritizing i'm just like really realistic and honest with myself now i think um i know how much i can take on whereas before i think i would take on too much mm. and now i know that like i will burn out and like i think as i've gotten older as well like i kind of know where my boundaries are um, and so I pick projects that I know I can do well. Um, and I like collaborating with people a lot too. So it's like my idea isn't just my idea. It's like an idea that other people are also involved in. And I mm. love like watching an idea grow. Um, I love working with other people. So I think that's awesome. But even like Ease, like the back room has been like a tarot card reader has been there. It's been a vintage shop. It's been like a tattoo studio. It's like I feel like mm. I'm constantly evolving. I constantly have like new ideas. I constantly want to be trying different things. Like, when I first opened Easy Tiger, like, I'd be selling, like, fresh flowers on the weekends. Like, it was just, like, very, like, I just want, and I try things and experiment with things. And I just want to be able to do that because that's mm-hmm. what's creative for me. Right. And that's what drives me. That's what makes it fun for me that I can try to do different things and mm-hmm. bring in different kinds of products and discover new products myself and be really excited about them and then be excited to share with other people about why this product is so awesome. I'm doing less events at the shops, for example, because... I'm not super social. <laughs> I love people so much and I love to talk to people, but I, mm. yeah, like I don't like hosting things. Like I don't really like talking about myself very much. Um, so this is this has been very challenging. <laughs> this is kind of why we've rescheduled so many times because I'm like, oh my gosh, like, <laughs> and not that I've been dreading, I'm not, I haven't been dreading it, but it's like, it's really hard for me. Like I'm in like, I'm in therapy and I do that because I'm, I just do it to, not just, but I, it's such a good practice to be able to talk about yourself in such an honest way. Um, I don't do it enough. I'm I'm such a listener. <laughs> so, um yeah, yeah so, so that that's really interesting because a lot of uh, actually people who love people, mm-hmm. they are also intend to be a good listener as yeah. well because they wanted to listen to other people's problems or to give, right? For sure. Another thing I also realized pretty recently is yeah. that sometimes when you don't talk about yourself, I thought it was because I wanted to you know, listen or give whatever, yeah. which is true. Mm-hmm. But another part is like, I don't want to take space. Yeah. And then, so that was something I was come to realization yeah. as well. So I'm not sure, sure if that applied to you. I mean, I think like I've, I was always a shy kid. Like I was always like pretty shy. Um, not super confident. Mm-hmm. Um, now I think I'm a lot, obviously, not obviously, but I feel like I'm a lot stronger now and I know myself really well and I like myself a lot. And so I feel like, um, that's I, important, isn't it? Yeah. So I do feel like to I like ourselves, and I want yeah. I want to take space up, you know. And I think that's why I really love yoga so much because it reminds me of like being in my body and being present and like being grounded. And yeah, I just feel like I take up space in that room, you know. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm the only one in that room, you know. And that's like my time to really feel like the closest to myself. Um, but yeah, don't love talking about myself. But I also like 
I don't know, like the shops are like people come in and tell me their problems like so much, right? Like, so you become their <laughs> therapist. <yeah. laughs> they know where to find me. And like, I, and but there's also a psychology behind like, like people are, can be so insecure when they're trying on clothes too. And like when they're trying on bathing suits or jeans. And I've always been in retail and I was always the, sales associate that would get like the more like problematic customers like if like you know i'd get like the little girl who's going to camp for the first time who like isn't super confident about her body or be get or like if there was like any like you know a woman who's like very insecure about trying on jeans like they'd be like zai like help this customer out and that's just like try to like connect with them in a way that made them feel very comfortable and safe mm-hmm. um and i feel like i have a gift like I have, a, I have an ability to do that i have a, an ability to make people feel good in their skin and about themselves and um so that's that's what I do. So it's my instinct is to help and nurture and mm-hmm. support people. And so it's hard sometimes to find my own voice. Right. What do you think your whys are? Um, I love what I'm doing because I can't imagine doing anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, like every time I go to a new country or a new city, I want to check out the independent shops. You know, like that's like I want to go to the flea markets. I want to go to like the like the outdoor like um supermarket you know what i mean like like or like a what do you what do you call it like a antique market yeah whatever that is. yeah yeah for sure but it's like, even in paris like i had like a baguette in my bag every day you know it's like i'm like i love just like farmer's kinda, market yeah you know, farmer's market for? yeah mm-hmm. like just like um yeah i just love like immersing myself in things and like in like authentic things yeah. um and, and i then f- see the people behind it like who is yeah. the one making the baguette who's definitely the one doing for sure. you know, the flowers and stuff like definitely. that definitely yeah, yeah for sure um i just feel like what i do aligns with my interests and it's just so fun to be able to have a job where i can like just find incredible product and like learn about new designers and makers and getting to meet them and hearing their inspirations it's just it's just so inspiring to me i think we're just so lucky to live in a world where people are so creative and so talented and it's a great opportunity to like communicate to others about you know like it's just like I feel like I feel like I'm creative but I don't I'm not a painter like Lauren Peary or I'm not you know and and I just feel like this is my way of being creative is by sharing the stories of creative people you know mm. so I'm kind of um like I was like you're kind of like a bridge or something yeah totally it's yeah. like I'm making things accessible to people and I'm having them learn about maybe new things or new designers or new makers yeah I'm helping spread the word yeah about creative people who I like you know that's really awesome yeah I know this is kind of like off topic but mm-hmm. You talk about recently you want to kind of embrace the sadness a little mm-hmm. bit more. And that's something that really um, resonated with me, um, mm-hmm. especially pretty recently. I started to realize that, you know, the bet on your happiness or something, mm-hmm. like you got to be happy, happy all the time mm-hmm. is a business that, you know, has been mainstreamized. Definitely. So why do you think it's important to kind of embrace that sadness? Well, I just think it's it's good to be authentic and people who are happy all the time are sociopaths, you know? Like, I just feel that like so true. it's not it's not possible. And mm. I feel like we focus so much on happiness and we don't really give sadness very much thought or it, we're very shameful of it. And I'm, I've am i always been, like, a, a more sad person in general. Like, I was always very, like, as a child, like, very thoughtful. And, like, you know, I was always just, like, worried about people and worried for people. And, like, I was, I was kind of, like, a serious kid in that way. Um, and... I always felt like my sadness was a weakness and that was something I had to hide from other people or I was kind of ashamed that I would always be sad, you know, but as I've gotten older, I realized that that sadness is a big part of me and it's not to be ashamed of. Like it's, it makes me sensitive. It makes me like considerate. It makes me thoughtful. And it also makes me like check myself, you know, and like, 
I, I like to be aware of my feelings and give them all the kindness that they deserve. Mm-hmm. So let's say if today all of a sudden you're feeling this like sadness mm-hmm. um, came out of nowhere, mm-hmm. how how would you go about it? I would, would just talk about it. A couple of days ago, I had a hard time getting out of bed because I was feeling kind of bummed out and blue and finally got to the shop and ran into a woman on the street. And she was like, how are you? And I'm like, I had a really hard time getting out of bed today. Like today's been a really like hard day for me. And she was like, I don't want to pick up my kids from school right now. I just want to get into bed. Like, it's just like, we don't talk like it's, there's such closeness to being honest. Like, like I find that with loneliness, right? Like everyone feels lonely at one part of their life. It's such a universal feeling, but that loneliness doesn't make us closer sometimes, which is really weird. Mm. Um, and I find that with sadness, like sadness is such a connecting, like everyone's sad sometimes. And, we need to honor and be kind to each other about that and, and, and just talk about it because it's not a shameful thing to be a sad person. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I, I am embracing my sadness. So I got a couple of tattoos of like kind of more sad women because those feelings are all valid and they're just as important as happy feelings and maybe you should be even m- more thoughtful about sad time. You know, like yeah, sadness takes up more time and thought. Yeah. And and know. sometimes, like, I think that's so important and also very interesting to hear you talk about it because mm-hmm. for the longest time, I always felt this very conflict feeling in me. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm a very positive person. I'm also a yeah, people person. I for love sure. people. That, but at the same time, also mel- very melancholic. Yeah. So I, yeah. like, always, like, worry about things, always, like feeling things mm-hmm. a lot and very deeply. Definitely. And same, then, yeah. And then just started feeling like, Maybe nobody wants to hear those things, yeah. right? It's yeah. Like, um, and another thing is like when you, someone asks you, how are you today? Usually when you don't even feel that great, yeah. you'll be like, oh, I'm, I'm good. Yeah. But inside it was like, Definitely. you know, a lot of things is happening. Uh, yeah, I felt like I was starting to be like not true to myself. Like if people would ask me how I was doing and I, if I lied or if like somebody asked me how I was feeling and I knew that I couldn't say that I was feeling bad because no one wants to hear that. Yeah. Then it's like do I really want to be spending time with this person or interacting with this person if I can't even be genuine about how I'm feeling or if I can't even like acknowledge my feelings? Um, and yeah, so now it's like, if I, if someone's like, how are you doing? I'm like, not great. Today's not, not a good day <laughs> or like yeah. amazing. And I'm like, I'm happy too. Like, it's not that I'm unhappy, right? but I also just, I want to be able to give the non-happy feelings a voice and space and mm. kindness and love because yeah. it needs it, you know? Yeah. And I think and it's a ma- part of you. Yeah, for sure. And I think the dialogue or the conversation is definitely needed. For sure. And um, in talking about happy, I think it's actually uh, a feeling that it's from detached from contentment. Mm-hmm. So sadness, maybe, you know, it's like a temporary. Happy is being temporary. Yes. But maybe contentment, it's more um, permanent. Yeah. You could be 100%. or for a longer period of time. I, I agree. Yeah. Okay. So tell me when you feel sad or melancholy, um, mm-hmm. what kind of things would you kind of make yourself feel better? Um, doesn't I, have to be happier or anything, but when just I'm sad, get back. I am starting to really just like let myself be sad. Um, I don't want to snap myself out of it because mm. I feel like I want to give that feeling time to yeah. like to sit. Um, so I kind of sit with it. I sit with my sadness. Um, I try to understand it. I'm trying to, I try to understand where it comes from, but I also like, sometimes it's just there and there's no reason for it. And yeah, like, yeah, totally. And, you could come out of nowhere. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And like, you know, do what makes me feel good in the time. Like I, I love sometimes, like, cause it's sometimes like sadness 
can you could just like slow down a little bit when you're sad you know and that's kind of nice sometimes and maybe you're sad because your body's tired you know and it's telling you that it needs to chill a little bit so I like watch movies I like read books I go to yoga like I just like do whatever I do to make myself feel good mm-hmm. but I don't like push it with your cat yeah my gosh my cat is so cute where is she oh, she's my best friend um well listening to the rain on your bed that yeah. sounds so good the rain oh yeah. my gosh yeah every time it rains I like race home to come into my bedroom so I could just like read a book and like hear the rain drops oh yeah yeah is that your happy place I love it yeah. yeah my bed is my bed is always my happy place though it's like I eat so many meals in my bed there's like always crumbs in my bed it's so gross like ugh. yeah but, but who cares, right? <laughs> who cares? It's my, it's my bed. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of, kind of want to wrap it up. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that you wanted to share? Um, not really. I mean, thank you for talking to me. And- <laughs> oh, thank you for talking to me. I know you're not feeling too well. And then- I know, I'm sorry. My brain's a little... Thank you so much for tuning in today. Please head to Apple Podcast to leave us a review. You will only take about two minutes or even less. Really appreciate that. And see you next month. Until then, keep seeking.